Good morning. Welcome to our study in the Gospel of Mark, Moving Forward. And our emphasis today uh, locates us in chapter 13, where Jesus himself prepares his disciples. Now, from this point forward, the story of the earthly ministry of Jesus, the narrative of Mark, reveals teaching between Jesus and his disciples that lead all the way to his Passion Week, to his arrest uh, and, and trial and, and death and resurrection. And so these become crucial moments where Jesus has prepared his disciples for what is to come. And so this next portion of the narrative brings us the theme prepared. And all throughout these verses, we'll, we'll look all the way through to the end of the chapter, verse 37. And from here to that end, uh, we will see a different emphasis, particularly emphasis on what sounds like uh, the end times, on those eschatological views of what happens when all things come to a conclusion. But I, I love uh, the, the summary made by Bible scholar Larry Hurtado, who, who said this, to do justice to these statements in chapter 13, we must have patience to inquire about them historically and we are to be alerted that the best background for understanding these words is not the modern news outlet, but Jesus Christ himself. So we'll not be influenced by modern news updates, but we'll be influenced by Christ himself as he teaches us through his conversation with his disciples how you and I are to be prepared for the, the coming end of all things. This becomes a very powerful chapter and a message for each of us. Well, as we begin and we focus on verses one through four, Jesus has prepared his disciples to move forward. Now that becomes a summary statement, not only over this chapter, but over the entire Mark and narrative. But this deserves emphasis in these first four verses, beginning with Chapter 13, verse 1, as Jesus was leaving the temple. So we know that the last two chapters have focused on many events taking place around the temple in the city of Jerusalem. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said, Look, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Jesus, do you see all these great buildings? And, and Jesus replied, See the buildings. Not one stone will be left. Everyone will be thrown down. Every stone will be taken down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when these things will happen and what will be the sign that all of these stones in the temple will be torn down and that this will be fulfilled. Now, first, verses one through four form an introduction to the whole chapter built upon the disciples' observation of the magnificent stones and the magnificent temple complex. Now, the disciples, as they're walking with Jesus back over to the Mount of Olives, which sat right across from the city, almost to a precipice that looked down on the city, uh, they could see possibly almost the entire temple complex, which composed some 35 acres in what would be, have been called that in that time, Old Jerusalem. Uh, this, um, astonishment with the temple may seem odd for those like the disciples who were moving in and out of the city. 
But this structure, if we really look at the history of the temple, this structure, the temple complex was actually under construction at the very moment the disciples saw this. So likely they saw uh, big stones being moved into place and the temple becoming this grandiose display in, in one area that would make up almost two-thirds of the city. And they saw this and they were astonished. A bit of history might help us here. The, uh, the first construction of the temple dates back to, to 950 B.C. under Solomon. We know that from reading the Old Testament. Uh, we know that, uh, that this temple, the Babylons, destroyed in 587 B.C. And Zerubbabel led in the rebuilding in 515 B.C. So the second temple actually stood longer than all the other temples combined. It stood for over 500 years, but was desecrated by Antioch's Epiphanes in the second century BC. And so Herod built a third temple on the same site. The temple sanctuary was completed, but the entire complex was still under construction and would remain under construction even up to 70 AD when Jerusalem and the temple would be destroyed. Now, some of the stones that the disciples saw being moved into place could could have been as 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 large as twelve foot high, eighteen foot wide, and some forty feet long. Most history tells us this would be the size of these massive stones erecting the temple complex. But under Roman rule, the entire city of Jerusalem was destroyed, including the temple, due to political and military rebellion. But actually due primarily to God's judgment. Malachi chapter 3 would prove this. So we've looked back in history a bit, but now we return to the Markan narrative. Jesus announced this coming destruction. He prophesied that this would come. And of course, Peter, James, John, and Andrew sitting there asking, hey, when would this happen? And the four disciples were in that usual teaching position on the Mount of Olives and and they desire to know these things. When would this happen? And the disciples referenced the temple destruction, and Jesus actually answered more broadly, comprising these verses, which would be the longest discourse in Mark's gospel. And Jesus focused on two segments of time. Now stay with me on this. Again, Jesus is preparing his disciples to move forward because Jesus knows tough days are coming for them. And Jesus responds to their question, when will this whole temple complex be destroyed? And Jesus responded with two segments of time. Uh, Jesus said, there is a time coming between now and the destruction of Jerusalem. Jesus focused on that. And then Jesus focused more generally from that present time to his second coming. So the theme is very clear. Jesus did not exhibit as much concern about pinpointing a time when this would be destroyed as he focused on encouraging the faith of his disciples to the very end. This theme sets fixed over the, the entire chapter and over our lives today. Jesus was preparing them to move forward. Yes, the temple will be destroyed. And Jesus began to make comments about the immediate time of destruction, but also Jesus began to make comments that would... Uh, take us symbolically all the way to his second coming. But Jesus' message was clear. Stay faithful. And so how did Jesus prepare his disciples to move forward? Generally speaking, against a present conflict and future conflict. Jesus prepared them by focusing on the steadfastness of their faith. I know you and I have a lot of questions. 
We pray for the event in Ukraine. We pray for the events around the world. You, you as a congregation have been giving and I thank you for that. We continue to support the humanitarian efforts. We continue to support any occasion where evil oppresses those who are innocent and marginalizes those who, who have been uh, unduly attacked and brought under a, a, a tyrannical hand. Our hearts hurt for that. We long to know how this will play out. Well, I believe if Jesus were sitting here and we were to say, Jesus, what will come next? Jesus may or may not pinpoint events for us, but he, I believe he will speak to us through his Holy Spirit. That which he said to his disciples, stay faithful, move forward, be prepared for what is to come, not by trying to discern all of the chronology and all the events, but, but stay faithful, focus on your faith in Christ. And so now we turn to verse five through eight, where Jesus becomes a bit more specific and warns them not to be led astray. Right now, at this very moment, it becomes so important that you and I not be led astray from all the interpretations and all the thoughts that can surround us. Now, we read verses 5 through 8. I repeat these verses for you again. Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you, leads you astray. Many will come in my name. Now, Jesus had already focused on destruction that would happen from the present moment he was with his disciples on the Mount of Olives all the way to the destruction of Jerusalem, perhaps 70 AD. But now Jesus focuses on the time present all the way to his second coming. And Jesus said, watch out that no one deceive you. Many will come in my name claiming I am he and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. Uh, these are the beginning of birth pains. The emphasis rings out, do not be led astray. So this narrative, the Markan story of Jesus here in this very important discourse, the longest of Mark's narrative, intermingles both timelines to where it's difficult to determine if Jesus is speaking of an immediate event for his disciples or of a long-term time leading up to his second coming. So these are used interchangeably. But first, Jesus encouraged his disciples not to be led astray by false messiahs. Now contrast Jesus' warning of false messiahs with a statement Jesus actually made earlier in Mark's narrative, chapter 6, verse 50, where Jesus comes to them when they're on the sea being pushed by the wind, and Jesus said, I am he. They cried out a ghost, but Jesus said, no, I am he. Jesus made that messianic statement. And this becomes significant in contrast to the many who will rise up that Jesus certainly has referenced as those who will be false and will claim to be the Messiah. So Jesus warned against false messiahs. Now this became expressed once between Paul and Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 through 4. A time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires. They will gather those around them to say what their itching ears desire to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth. The true definition of a false Messiah, a false Christ, becomes noted even in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord. So a false Messiah will manifest two chief errors teaching that is opposed to the gospel and denying the rule and reign of God in our hearts. Last week, we focused on kingdom 
and on the glimpses of the kingdom in the words of Jesus. Why? So that we would truly understand the vitalness of his lordship and his rule and reign over our lives because false messiahs, false Christs will come. Many, any Christ, John wrote in his epistle, will come and they will teach against the gospel and they will teach against the rule and reign of God in our hearts. Those are the chief ways, two chief ways to know that someone is teaching and preaching and acting as a false messiah. So Jesus said, do not be led astray by these false messiahs. You know, each, each generation from the very beginning of time has had false messiahs uh, per perpetrating false narratives and heresies. So Jesus said, beware false messiahs. Second, Jesus said, um, look uh, at, at the signs, but don't be alarmed by the signs. So Jesus reminded his disciples, don't be led astray to a, a spirit of undue alarm by the signs. But he will later say, but do be watchful. For Mark to have spoken of rumors of wars, we read that here, earthquakes and famine, one could almost see a historical timeline emerging. In 46 AD, there was a significant famine in Judea. In 61 and 62 AD, there were horrific earthquakes in Laodicea and Pompeii. These are historically documented. And these events would have been future tense to the disciples when Jesus spoke into their lives. Now we look back and see evidence of these types of events that happened then also happening again and again today. We see these events, but we should not attempt to set our eschatological clocks by them. For Jesus said to his followers, the end is yet to come. But these events do represent, Jesus said, birth pains, labor pains that are giving away to the messianic reign. These are the pains that we and this entire earth goes through in order to usher in the reign of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, our King. So this statement, these words, promises eventuality, but not chronological clarity. Therefore, the goal remains to move forward steadfast in faith and not be led astray by false messiahs or events and signs. They are showing the eventualness of the return of Jesus Christ, our King. But we should not build such an alarm to them that our faith becomes weak and damaged. This was Jesus' cry to the disciples, do not be led astray by false messiahs or by these events. Now let's look at verse 9. Now as we move into verse 9, we're going to begin to see a shift from Jesus' words uh, from the uh, what I would call the broader seam and the broader the cataclysmic events to actually what the disciples themselves will, will experience. Let's read from verse 9 following. You must be on your guard. This actually can interpret the word watchful. You must be very watchful. Be on your guard. Now, notice how this will um, translate to what we know many of the apostles experienced. You'll be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. Jesus said, on account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. Verse 10, and the gospel must be preached to all nations. 
Whenever you're arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time by the Holy Spirit. But do know that brother will betray brother, even to death, and a father, his child. Uh, this becomes a significant expression of the hardships of discipleship. Look at verse 12 and 13. Children will rebel against their parents and even have been put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm will be saved even to the end. And so Jesus moved from the, the call of, of not being led astray because he desired that his disciples would be prepared. Be prepared to move forward. Stay, stay steadfast in your faith. Do not be led astray. And then Jesus reminded them to be aware that hardships will always be connected to discipleship. Jesus said, because of me, these things will happen. Uh, to discover the intensity of this description that we've just read in verses 5 through 8 of, of Mark 13, uh, we simply need to track the intensive you. Jesus said to his disciples, you must be on your guard because this will happen to you. And again and again, we see the emphasis of, of you. Whenever you stand trial, uh, and so again and again, you will be handed over. So one just simply needs to follow that intensive you to see the intensity of these words Jesus gave. Uh, the list of realities ahead for the disciples actually mirrored the, uh, the earthly ministry of our Lord and how men treated him. John 15, verse 20. Remember that Jesus said, no servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, so will they persecute you. And verse 10 represents a parenthetical phrase, likely brought on by the Gentile reference of verse 9. In verse 9, Jesus said, be on your guard. This will happen. You'll stand before governors and kings. And then in verse 10, Jesus said, hey, the gospel must go to the ends of the earth, to the Gentile nation. So likely this reference to Gentile leaders reminded Mark of what Jesus has said. The gospel is going to all the Gentile nations. You need to stand firm. And God alone determines this time. And so look at verse 11 and following. God, uh, Jesus begins speaking of the provisions of the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, at those moments where you feel pressed, you know, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to speak. And this becomes a, such a, a reprieve in the hardships of discipleship. So Jesus said, be prepared. The true follower of Jesus, he or she will not abandon their faith, regardless of the hardship. The Holy Spirit will equip you and will give you what to speak in due time. Now let's pick back up at verse 14. We continue to look at the hardships of discipleship. Verse 14 and following. When you see the abomination that causes desolation, a phrase even borrowed from the chronicles of the book of Daniel, referencing all that is sacred being desecrated. When you see the abomination that causes desolation, standing where it does not belong, and let the reader understand this. Mark may have been speaking to his readership, or he may have been speaking to those who are listening to Jesus' words for the first time. I believe this is a, a is a, an inclusion by the author. I believe Mark is desiring that his readership hear this, meaning we need to pay attention to this. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go back and get anything out. Let no one in the field go back and get their cloak. How dreadful it will be on those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this moment will not take place in winter because these will be days of great distress. Uh, 
And again, I believe Jesus is intertwining both the coming destruction of Jerusalem and the end of all things leading up to his second coming. Verse 20, if the Lord had, had not cut short these days, no one could survive them. But for the sake of those who truly belong to him, who he has chosen, he will shorten them. And at that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, look, there he is. Do not believe them for many false messiahs and false prophets will appear and will perform signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even to deceive the elect. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. This again references a quote from Daniel, the abomination of desolation. Uh, while the days of old were retreated into walled cities for their safety, here Jesus said, you will now want to retreat into the walled cities of Jerusalem. It will be destroyed for those nursing moms and those expecting. They'll find it impossible to escape because the devastation will be so difficult. Again, these words speak of the coming destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, but also those things that are going to un uh, unfold even to the second coming of our Lord. And again, Jesus repeats what he said in verse 5. And verse 23 echoes this, be on your guard. So I know when we look at these verses and engage them concerning the difficulties that will face those who follow Christ, the hardships of discipleship may not be the topic we like to embrace. But again, Jesus' words prepared his disciples. Be prepared. Hardships will come. Trust me, be on your guard. Be watchful. And this takes us to the last emphases. Verse 24 through 37. Be watchful. No one knows the hour or the day except God himself, Jesus would teach. Be watchful. So we are called amid uh, many devastating events to be prepared to go forward by not being led astray, but by definitely recognizing hardships will come. Therefore, we must be watchful, not to be deceived. We come uh, from a section of suffering caused by the evil in the world to a demonstration of the kingdom of God ultimately being established bringing God's vindication and salvation. Verse 28, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as it twigs get tender and the leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it's right at the door. So I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass until these things have happened. Many, particularly the destruction of Jerusalem, but then Jesus intertwined with eschatology, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will last forever. Verse 32, but about the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on your guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. Now notice the parable, leaving his house and putting his servants in charge, each with their own task, and tells the one at the door, keep watch. Therefore, you keep watch. You be the one at the door, Jesus said to his disciples. Keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether it be evening or midnight or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. This concludes the message of chapter 13 and gives to us the call to be watchful. Church family, let me speak into your life this. Under Jesus referenced the fig tree again, more with a positive message in verse 28. Hey, there is a time, a time is coming and it's close 
be watchful. Just as we learn from the fig tree, there is, there is a time the leaves come out and you know it's summer. So although you do not know the time, watch so that you might be prepared. And I think today, we need to be watchful. We, we don't know the time, but we can see events and sequences unfolding. And I'm, and I'm asking you, church community, to be on your guard. Do not let incidentals distract your faith. That's what the enemy is up to right now. He would desire that the slightest inconvenience in your life become your ultimate issue so that you miss what is actually happening all around you. Do not get caught in the present minutia of what we consider uh, in our flesh to be important. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Watch as you can see things unfolding that brings a phenomenal time for the gospel to be proclaimed. There are people in our world right now anxious and, and afraid. Things are escalating around the globe, and perhaps you're one of those who is becoming very nervous about events and how they're sequencing. And I just want to assure you, people are looking for peace. People are looking for direction. And people are looking for absolutes. There's only one place to find those three, in Jesus and in his followers. Let people see peace in you. Let them see how God is directing you. And let others see how your life builds upon the absolutes of the truth of God's word and the gospel. Be watchful, for this word watchful indicates an awareness of God's activity, not just of destruction and difficult times unfolding, but how God will bring all things together to focus upon his salvation offered to man. And so be watchful, be careful, be alert, and allow people to see in your life peace, God's direction through Christ, and the absolute truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us for this 13th chapter. It's, it's a challenging chapter. There's much here that we could continue to speak over for days to come. But this chapter truly reminds us of the importance of being prepared for days ahead. Do not be led astray. Be, be watchful. Know that there will be hardships of discipleship, of following Christ. But be watchful because in those difficulties, because of your faith, people will see the beautiful magnitude of the story of Jesus and the message of the gospel, and they'll be drawn to the love of God. I believe that can happen all around you. Be watchful. Don't be weary. Don't be doubtful, but be watchful and anticipate moments where your faith in Jesus becomes an amazing announcement to others that God can be trusted and he alone rules and reigns. Let's trust him and let's serve him and let's live for him. I love you a lot, church family. In the name of Jesus, go forward strong in your faith. Father God, thank you for these truths. We love you. Thank you for teaching us so clearly on how we are to be prepared to move forward in these uncertain times. We thank you for guiding us through this moment of teaching. Make us strong, Father, for your glory and your purpose. In Jesus' name. And together we said, amen. There's a website location. Please use that. I'd love to have conversation with you about whatever it is that you're facing. But know that God is calling us to trust him. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Right now, where you were, you can pray, Jesus, I believe in you. I receive your gift of salvation. 
You died on the cross for my sins and I received that by faith. I believe you rose from the dead and I give you my life. You can pray that prayer and he will save you right now. He will draw you to himself. Don't miss that opportunity. Please reach out, let us know how we can encourage you in the truth of Jesus and how we can encourage your faith to go forward. Thank you for being a part of this time of teaching. Love you a lot. I look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Thank you.